Welcome to Winning Minds. We're not negative, we're positive. We don't get bitter, we get better. We don't lose, we win. We understand that life is more than what happens to you. It's about how you respond. And that response starts in your mind. And if you can change your mind, change what, how, and the way you think, you will change your life. Welcome to a positive mind, a better mind, a winning mind. I am your host, Fred Lavalley, and this is the Winning Minds Podcast. Hate speech. Our society is increasingly vigilant and ruthless about eradicating it from every platform and conversation. However, what about the words you use and the things you say about yourself to yourself? Those words and ideas can be much more harmful and long-lasting than whatever anyone else tells you. In this episode, my wonderful wife, Rachel LaValle, shares her tormenting battles in her own mind about self-image and comparison, self-hate speech, and how she began winning those battles. Still fighting them? Yes. Winning more of them? Yes. Can you do the same? Yes, you can. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope it contributes to your winning mind. Welcome to Winning Minds, back for another wonderful episode. So glad you decided to join us because today we have the most special guest Winning Minds has ever had on the podcast. She is my favorite person. She is part of me, my other half, my better half, half woman, half amazing, my wonderful wife, Rachel. She is a mother of three, a licensed beautician, marathon runner, and she's also, many people don't know this, but she's an expert in hate speech. Gasp. Yes, I know. Hate speech is a, a, a big thing nowadays. A lot of people are talking about this and trying to get people from stop, stop to stop saying hateful things. So I wanted to bring her on because she has a unique history and perspective with that. So Rachel, <laughs> what qualifies you to be an expert in my book <laughs> in this speech? Well, um, it's an interesting perspective, but um, as only you can provide, but um, I um, am a recovering person of hate speech, meaning I did hate, hate speech to myself. I was an expert in speaking hateful things to myself, um, and it was um, a very... Uh, dark period of my life and not one that I talk about much um, but I guess it's made me who I am today um, mm -hmm. I guess most people know me as bubbly and you know energetic and you know bring some maybe life or humor to a situation or environment but um, for a period of my life I went through a very dark time um, of just I just could not say one positive thing about myself to myself. Um, so about when, when, when was this kind of how, how was it? When was it? And what are some of the things, the ways that you would speak to yourself? Well, it started, you know, it's, it's, 
in that crucial time, it was when I was 13. Um, and so that's a really hard age because that age, you're already going through so many bodily changes, hormonal changes. And so along with that transition of life, um, I just found myself in this dark place of, um, I, I just did not like the person I was. Um, I guess the main culprit was, was a comparison. (laughs) Mm. Um, That was the biggest culprit um, because when I looked at myself um, and compared myself to other girls or ladies, um, I just fell short in my eyes. And so when I would look at myself in the mirror, I just felt nothing but hatred towards myself or all I could feel was hatred towards myself. Um, and so, yeah, 13, 14, that area, you know, that age, um, like I said, it's already a hard age because of all the transitions. And so compiled onto that, I mean, you're already sorting through a lot of things at that age. So that was part of it. You know, it, it was kind of like, did it cause it? I don't know, you know, hmm. but it was a period of my life that I really, really dealt with my self-worth image. Um, and yes, I just spoke very negatively to myself. Um, I just, it, it was a lot of things combined. It was, I was, I was a very awkward person. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's no other way to describe it. I was a, I was a late bloomer oddball, ugly duckling. I mean, all of the cliches insert my name. Like I just, I was a very, it was, I was just a very awkward girl. <laughs> and I was, now is that uh, you, is that you comparing yourself? Is that reality? No, it was a reality. I mean, I would play basketball with the boys, like grade school years. Um, I, I boys had cooties until I was in like sixth grade. So that alone was like, you know, stereotypical, you know, late bloomer. My sister was already trying to like, you know, get married. (laughs) I mean, not really, but so I just, you know, I'm sitting over here still okay to play with Barbies with my younger sister. Um, but like knowing I maybe shouldn't do that because maybe, yeah, comparison girls don't play with Barbies when they're, you know, in sixth grade. Um, but I was just physically awkward. I, I would, I was like, I said, tomboy. I, my idol, let's just this, let's just this be a gauge. My idol at that time, well, in the transition period of my life, I, what my biggest idol was Michael Jordan. Like that was <laughs> like, I did a report on him. I wrote his fan club. I mean, he was my idol. And so 14 is when I started realizing, I guess, because of comparison, maybe I shouldn't be such a tomboy anymore because that isn't what other girls are doing. And that's, and, and other girls aren't dressing in Jordan shoes, Jordan shirt, Jordan shirt. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was head to toe Michael Jordan gear. So, um, like so, I said, very awkward. So it, yeah. So at it some was, point you were, everything. <laughs> you were just growing up being yourself, whatever. And then at some point you kind of yes. woke up for lack of a better word, looked around and you were yeah. like, wait a second, I'm different. <laughs> and then, yes. and then that caused resulted in yeah. 
a certain way for you to view yourself. Yes. Yes. How, how was that? Why was that? Like I said, it's just that comparison of, oh, I should wear tight clothes, not loose clothes. That's what other girls are doing. And it's getting them attention. So that was the thing is that I was so insecure and in who I was. So I was going through this period where then I wanted attention from other people. So that means, yes, boys. So that means boys can't have cooties anymore. Okay. So boys don't have cooties anymore. I'm 13 years old. I'm out of sixth grade, going into seventh grade, in seventh grade. Okay. Boys can't have cooties. I have to wear tight clothes because that equals attention. That means I have to start wearing makeup, doing girly things. Um, because that's what gets you attention and attention equals self-worth. And so if I want to feel worthy, if I want to feel pretty, if I want to feel good about myself, I have to do these things. Um, and then, and then even it spiraled even to a darker place where I, that even resorted to eating disorders to where I then translated self-worth with self-image and so to feel good about myself, I had to look good. And that meant being skinny. Um, and, and then to be skinny, I mean, I'm 4'11". So it's like, I only grow one way. <laughs> and so, you know, <laughs> eating the junk food all the other people were eating at summer parties, I couldn't do that. And I quickly found out I homeschooled eighth grade and I gained 20 pounds. And so then now I'm going in. So, so now you're getting past the 13, 14. I was going, you know, through all those things. And then, and then it, it culminated to now going into high school at once again, comparing myself to other people after homeschooling for a year, gaining the weight. Then it was like, oh man, I don't look good compared to other people and then I just resorted back to that let me take control now and that's really all eating disorders are it's just I I have control because I'm controlling how I look and therefore I'm in a sense controlling how I feel about myself and so just very toxic thinking and yeah. like I said it just led to this place of just looking in the mirror and just couldn't say one positive thing about myself even though you were eating a very restricted diet exercising yeah. being mm -hmm. active doing all of those things that were your goal mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. would still look in the mirror and you still hated yourself yeah I just I, I would look at myself and be like I hate everything looking back at me I couldn't, I couldn't see one good thing about myself. And it was just, you know, and like I said, it culminated to then this, you know, you know, eating disorders, purging, all of those things to, I want to control how I feel about myself. So in a sense, if I, if I have self-control, that's how I viewed it. You know, another toxic mindset was if, if I, if I control, then that means that equals self-control. Oh, I have so much self-control that I cannot eat. And so it's this very twisted, toxic mindset to where if I'm controlling, that equals self-control, which means I'm better than you. <laughs> really? Mm. It's, it's, and that's why it's such an ugly you know, place to be, this hate speech that you tell yourself and, and, and you're thinking of yourself and you're communicating to yourself. It, it demeans not just you, it 
very demeaning to everybody because at that point in my life, when I walked into a room, if I was the skinniest one there, I'm the prettiest one there. Like that's what I translated into my brain. Skinniest equals prettiest. Um, and so, um, so that's how I made myself feel better about myself. But then how demeaning and degrading to everybody else present, all the other females present. So it's just the insanity of it. You, you think that by, you know, controlling these different elements of your life and, and being in this place, you know, that, you know, this is what's going to make me feel better about myself. But then at the end of the day, I didn't, you know, yeah. how it, often, it, it, how often mm -hmm. would you encounter other people saying things to you? Like, was that something you encountered often people saying you're this, you're that you're ugly, you're what was, was that something common that you had to battle with that you dealt with or was it more <laughs> of your own self? It was just me, like literally, no, I wasn't getting that from like, you know, some people are in very unfortunate circumstances of like even parents speaking that. I didn't get that from my parents. I didn't get that from my siblings. I didn't get that from peers. Like it was purely, I mean, I did get teased in a sense because of my faith. I was really, you know, when I went into seventh grade, I really did try to like stick by my faith. And so that meant like not doing certain things and not participating in certain things. And I did get teased because of that. But as far as image wise, no, I, I, I did it. I mean, I got teased because of my forehead, which I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's a thing, whatever I've learned to embrace it. But that's the only thing I really got teased about. But as far as like body image being like, that was never an issue. But so it was, it was just purely me, myself and I. So it's really, um, it's, it's, there's, I think everybody goes through that in their life. You're going to get picked on. Kids are going to say yeah. things. Mm -hmm. I know bullying and all that is taboo, but the reality is it's going to happen. People are going to, yeah. but then it's almost what I'm seeing and hearing is, and probably most of us experience this, the real mm -hmm. enemy, the real insults are the ones we tell ourselves, the story we're yes. telling ourselves about what other people are saying. I even heard the other day, a doctor, psychologist, neurosurgeon, something like that, really smart people mm -hmm. saying that him and his wife <laughs> said that I think 93% of women struggle mm. with this. They've taken surveys and they've done conferences mm. They do it. <laughs> and the crowd is full of every age, every body type from the mm. gorgeous to the ugly, quote mm -hmm. unquote, whichever. Mm. But 93% of them give the same feedback mm. that it's, it's, it's yeah. my own. I look at myself mm. and the yeah. is not what you said. It's what I'm telling myself about. Myself. Yeah. 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 That's, and it's funny, you know, there's a, um, a leader that I, um, really highly respect. Um, he's a, he's a religious leader and, um, he, he has a great quote, you know, he says the greatest enemy is inner me. And um, you've actually had him on here, um, Alvin Smith. And Dr. He, Alvin I Smith, mean, I was going to say, I yes, recognize that quote. <laughs> yes, and I mean, it's so true. And that was that was me. That, and, it, and that's not even to say that's still not me. I mean, I feel like this is an area that, you know, is good to talk about because it's not like you ever graduate and it's like, all right, pass that course, moving on. I think it's something you know, we all deal with that one level or extreme or another. And for me, unfortunately, it was very extreme for a period of my life. 
but that's not to say I don't still struggle, that I don't still those thoughts and those accusations and that, that hate speech that I tell mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. doesn't come knocking on my door again. So, you know, having children, <laughs> you, yeah. you know, body changing in lots of different ways. It's like, <laughs> I have to, I've had to combat that time and time and time again. Yeah. And so this being, this being winning minds, yeah. how are you winning in your mind? Since that's where the, the mm. hate speech, you can't mm. deplatform your own self. You can't ban yourself <laughs> from your own brain, it's Twitter mm. and Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> I guess that's the other thing. That, that was before social media really took off. But anyways, not to mm. get into that, which probably just amplifies it. How do you yes. deal with that now that you are in a world that is very much social media driven? You've mm. gone through all of these mm-hmm. changes. How do you deal mm-hmm. with that? What do, what do you do in your mind and your thoughts? How do you handle that? What do you do? Well, I guess the biggest thing um, initially overcoming it was obviously just having to recognize how toxic that thinking was, not just mentally, but physically, like I was hurting myself. So how I got through it um, from just even a physical standpoint at that time in my life when I was then it was when I was around 16 and 17 when it resorted to eating disorders um, learning about nutrition helped me when when I lacked the because I've been I've been in a spiritual environment all my life you know my parents raised me up in church and all of that and so um, you know when the, when I lacked the spiritual maturity to overcome this area of my life. Um, what God did bring my way was learning, um, educating myself. And those are the tools he gave me. So learning about nutrition helped me to realize how I was hurting myself physically. And then once I tackled it from the physical aspect and realized how much I was hurting myself by these eating habits and disorders, then it gave, then it in, in a sense empowered me to then tackle it from a spiritual standpoint. And so then that's when like God really did help me um, overcome. It, it was um, almost a miracle and the grace of God that, that ultimately lifted me out of that place. But it started with just a very physical aspect mm-hmm. of just learning about nutrition. And then just from here on out, and that's the thing with educating yourself, no one can ever take that away from you. So mm-hmm. when that comes knocking on my door again, like, you know, this is an option, Rachel, because I've learned just the physical aspect of what happens when, what happens to my body and what I'm doing to my body by choosing to indulge in an eating disorder. Um, I know that. And so knowledge is power. So when I know what I know, mm-hmm even though it might be a temptation to go down that route, I don't because I remember what I learned nutrition wise. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just from that physical um, aspect, you know, I, it helped me. And then it did translate into a more spiritual aspect of, of, in a sense, telling myself, I guess the buzzword now is affirmations. You know, I didn't view it at, at that point point as that that's what I was doing but I was taking like things that I knew were in the bible because I did have a very you know like I said spiritual background of bringing you know reading um, certain passages in the bible to help make me feel secure or help me gain my security um, through those passages and those promises and affirmations 
So that was one way um, from a spiritual aspect. Um, but like even to the daily, even now, like the way that when it comes, you know, trying to tempt me down that path, again, I just go back to those affirmations of who, who I am, who God says that I am, um, that helps bring me, that helps steady me <laughs> mm-hmm. and anchor me to why I, I, I'm not going to go down that path. And then, um, like I said, just knowing the actual physical elements of when, when you do that, when you, when you, um, you know, don't eat and when you are, you know, yo-yo dieting, like you're Mm -hmm. doing such and such to your body. And so I, like I said, that, that wealth of information is still in there. And so I can go back to that if I feel myself starting to go down that path again. So um, so that's how, how about comparison? Like you, that, that's one thing, educate yourself. <laughs> yeah. You can, you can control that to be healthy, to be, it's wise and it's yeah. treating yourself well, the spiritual, yeah. you know, almost change your story. You're telling yeah. yourself a story. Well, find out and believe you have value. So you're changing, mm. you're having that affirmation for yourself, educate yeah. yourself, take care of your body. But what about that cage of comparison? I've heard people talk about it's mm. a captivity of comparison. You were in that. How do you deal with that world of comparison? It's still a struggle. I mean, yeah, enter in social media and the struggle is real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it's still a beast to be reckoned with. Um, so I can't say I don't deal with that. It, it's, I have to um, deny and reject that on the daily, uh, which is why sometimes I do have to take social media breaks because it is becoming too much. I am it is getting too much to me. And I have to, I have to distance myself from that. Um, But I guess just knowing that knowing and having confidence in who I am, like, there is only one me. Mm -hmm. And, and knowing that that's just the way God wanted it to be. And he made me exactly who I am the way that I am. And there's only one me. And so just knowing that, and it's not like a, you know, you know, uh, cocky, you know, whatever I'm puffed up walking around like, yeah, that's right. You know, I, there's only one me, you know, it, it's yeah. not with that attitude. It's just, it's a dignity. Mm. It's a quiet dignity. That is, it's a resolve now in my heart that I'm okay, you know, with me because I know God loves me and I know he created me for me. Mm. And so it, it's, it's, um, that, that has helped and that continues to help me, um, when those things do pop up and just, and then having a heart of, um, of just loving people and knowing that if I value people and I love people, I'm not going to look at them that way. Like a dog eat dog. Well, now I got to do that. Or now I have to be that way. Mm. It's like, like I said, that when I was in a really dark place, I realize now how degrading that is to like my fellow women, my, my fellow mankind, you know, like that was such a selfish and toxic place to be. And so just even view and just having that mindset and viewing people as precious, viewing people as, you know, people to be loved, people to be cherished because of who they are. So I think the solve the, the thing that has helped to solve that area. And I mean, I, solve isn't even the right word because it's an ongoing battle like it just is 
Um, but what helps is just knowing and being secure in who I am, having that dignity and self-worth, and then viewing other people in that way. It's not me versus you. It's we're all in this together and being able to congratulate and be happy for others. It takes a lot of, a lot of maturity, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so it's just maturing part of like, you know, maturing, growing as a person and just, and just valuing people, loving people, seeing them as valuable and, and worthy and um, people to be cherished. It reminds so me of it, something that you've said recently, uh, I forget what author you might've got it from, mm. but you said that the way people treat you says mm. more about how they view themselves than yeah. how they view you yeah we focus so much on the externals in our society of that person said this and i can't believe he she is being hateful towards that person i think a large part of the cure is let's mm. focus down to that person and the speech they are using mm. towards themselves don't yeah. hate yourself don't love yeah. yourself as be like like she was saying selfish mm -hmm. but be self-respecting mm. dignified yeah healthy yeah. because when you do that you are able to then give it to other people as well thanks for listening to today's show i hope you enjoyed it and found it useful please if you haven't already subscribe to the podcast and post a comment and then tell two people today about winning minds i hope you'll join us on the next episode but until then keep your mind healthy and keep winning with the Winning Minds Podcast.